Can't resist. Kia ora and welcome to Totara's first assembly for 2020. Oh, long speech. <laughs> hey, um, oh, and, and now my, ah, yep. How's, how was your Waitangi day? Yeah, yep, good to hear. Um, apparently you can take how many days off this year if you take off Fridays? Who worked on Friday? Oh, wow, that's pretty impressive. That's quite, the other guys aren't here. <laughs> Not quite sure how to start this. Uh, look, the, every, my, the wheels of everything fell off for me this week um, for a variety of reasons. Among others, um, my dad fell over and broke his hip, um, and he cares for someone with, with dementia, and so um, that was all a bit unexpected. Well, uh, it was on the cards, but so it meant that it was, everything changed. Um, and then we've had the building, and the building is right about the building, but my goodness, um, there are rules upon rules upon rules, and upon rules upon rules, Chris, the quantity surveyor, laughs, no hysteria in your voice, I'm a little surprised, and, and you know how our lives like that, we are a church, we have health and safety policies, you need to have self health and safety policies, they're important, um, who here loves health and safety policies? Oh yes, this is yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, these guys are going out to play with kids. Is that right? Yep. So if you're a kid and you want to go play, you can. Yep. Um, uh, uh, um. Okay. So this is a slightly odd way. That, look, our lives are full of rules. That we we do, and one of the odd things we don't always know what they are. You come into a new group, and what are the rules of a new group? Who remembers going to school for their first day? Well, there's some people with good memories. I'm impressed. You have no idea what's going to happen there. Uh, one of the people we knew, their kid went along for the first day of school on the next day. He, um, the, you know, that was Monday, Tuesday. He, he, um, his parents said, it's time to get up. He said, what do you mean? I've been to school now. <laughs> he just thought it was done. You know, he'd done, ticked the box. And, um, there's, uh, life is, we have rules about, also, rules about um, language, rules about what you can wear. And they're not always clear. We're dressing to go to an event. And what are you going to wear? Are you going to get it right? What if you get it wrong? What if you're the only person there who's dressed formally or the only person who isn't? We have rules and rules and rules. And then you pull out your cell phone and you're going to put the new app on. And how many people read those terms and conditions? T's and C's. Not many of us. I was just about to sign up for an app to help me organise my life because my life does need to be organised and an app, of course, is going to do it. <coughs> uh, um, but I don't know how I read the... Um, somebody, I read a, a review and the reviewer said, oh, hey, be careful, um, this one holds all your, inf uh, actually everything that you put on this become, they have rights to. So essentially it becomes, they have ownership. You put an image up on there, they own the image. Um, and I was like, whoa, I didn't know that. Rules upon rules upon rules. We have expectations. So look, today I just want to have a little bit of a riff thinking about rules and following Jesus and where they fit. And I figured um, that's all a bit es esoteric, so let's get it there. I want to tell you a story about parrots. Cats, silly string, and the heart. Sound all right? So I figure that you might, we might all be able to remember those. Um, so we'll start with the story of the parrot. Now, my dad, okay, he's, he's, he's in the hospital and, and, you know, some of the time on morphine, and, and so he comes up with those family catch cries. Do you know those catch cries? Well, it could be worse. Um, can't complain. That's a real key one. And I have can't complain. I often have people say, um, you can't complain, nobody will listen. Uh, anyone say that? 
there are these kind of things that your family says. Um, and uh, when I was uh, a, a while back, when I was having some trouble and I went to see a counsellor, he uh, heard the story of the parents of a young kid who buys the kid a parrot, and the parrot either sits on its, on its head or on its shoulder and listens to everything that's going on. And as you grow up, you still have that parrot, and that parrot says whatever it's heard. So it kind of goes, can't complain at random intervals. And so, you know, you've had a pretty terrible day. You come home, and the people in your home says, how was your day? And you're about to say, oh, man, it just sucked. And you hear this, can't complain. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, did, yeah, I did the parrot, and, and he said, you know, sometimes the parrot is really useful. Sometimes it's good not to complain. But sometimes the parrot is really harmful because the things it says, it just... The parrot doesn't think, it just echoes it. And he, the, the, the counsel online is to say, we've all got parrots in us. So, yes, I've got a bit of, eh, can't complain. And actually, a bigger one for me would be, eh, don't fuss. Yep, don't fuss, because uh, that's not what you do in my family. Um, and a lot of the time, that's really useful. And sometimes, it's really unhelpful. And sometimes, fussing is an appropriate response. Sometimes, people need to pour out all that's going on inside, and I need to, when the parrot goes, eh, don't fuss, I need to go, no, no, keep talking. <laughs> you know, don't listen to the parrot, the parrot's wrong. So, do you have any of this in your lives? Can anybody think of a parrot, what the parrot would say, without slagging your family, okay? Without the, especially if your family is here, don't create an argument for yourself after church. Anyone want to volunteer what the eh, parrot would say? Children starving in Africa. Oh, that's a classic, isn't it? Children starving in Africa. Don't be negative. Yep. Yep. She'll be right. Yes. Or, at, uh, um, you know, as uh, Fred Dagg slash John Clark, you don't know how lucky you are, mate. I should be going after each one. Any others? Boys don't cry. Suck it up. Make the most of your opportunities. That's not, yeah. I mean, the thing is, yep. If you finish first, first you must finish. Wow. I'll bet your parrot can say um, uh, tongue twisters if you can say that. <laughs> yep. Stop stressing over it. So, we, yeah, I mean, kind of we have them. We have them, and they can be useful. And, look, the counsellor who I was talking to said, listen, you actually can't stop the parrot from saying things, because if you ever try and control the parrot, it doesn't really work. Um, but you can teach them new things to say. G'day, see you, off you go. Have a good day. Um, and you can teach them new things to say, and you don't have to obey your parrot. Okay? You actually don't. You can kind of go, yeah, oh, I've heard you before. Yep. Um, we're going to read a little bit of Mark, and there's going to be some religious types in Mark who have some rules. Um, and they have parrots on their shoulders. And the parrots on their shoulders are saying, wash your hands. Yep. And this is, sorry, Ross, this is pretty hard for a sound person. I keep, you know, volume levels. Ah, um, wash your hands, which is a, it's not a bad thing, is it? That's a good thing. Wuhan virus? Yeah, uh, the, the GP here is going, amen. <laughs> okay, here it goes. Um, the Pharisees and some teachers of the law who'd come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. <sighs> now, and then Mark tells us the Pharisees... Um, yep, 
the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat and, and, unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other rituals such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. Okay, so Mark's letting us know, this, not all of this is kind of Holy Scripture. He, he kind of says, oh, it, tradition of the elders. Okay, so the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? Okay, let's just think about that for a moment for us. What does that look like? That's... Uh, Hmm. Well, if I was going to be mean, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd trot out the statistics for blokes and urinals and how many wash their hands, which will just make you go, ooh, so we'll move on from that. <laughs> um, this is, there's a point to this. There's a point to washing your hands. But Mark wants to point out this isn't necessarily a God rule. It's a tradition. Yep, because he talks about the tradition of the elders. Where does this come from? Well, there are rules in Exodus and Leviticus about washing, and it's linked to holiness. And it's actually not just within Judaism. In, um, when I was part of the university and we were exploring, uh, people were pushing for an interfaith space, the one thing that if you want to have Muslim prayer, you must have is the facility to wash. You cannot worship without washing. So there's this thing about holiness and washing. And um, in Exodus 30, there's priests who are engaged in the tabernacle service have to wash their hands. Um, families who might eat holy leftovers. Remember, they, they there's all these sacrifices. And to a large extent, in most of the temples and most of the religions, after you've offered a burnt sacrifice, what are you going to do with it? There is all that freshly barbecued meat. Are you going to throw it out? Nah. It's going to get used. It's going to get eaten. So families who were eating holy leftovers had to wash. And a lot of cases, people had to wash their whole body and their clothes to move from being clean to unclean. So there's this tradition of washing. Fair enough. Have we got any traditions of washing, traditions of the elders, things that we would say these are really important? Well, we have had them. There's been um, women wearing hats in church. Some people remember that. There's standards of dress in church. I, I still, for me, the famous story in, a, in Invercargill was when an elder, I wasn't, of course, there at those stages, um, an elder was, taking was serving communion without a tie and somebody at the back of the church took off their tie, rushed to the front and gave him the tie because you cannot serve communion without a tie. Tradition. We generally aren't that aware of them. Can anyone think of any? Because one of the things that happens for us, we're not really aware of them most of the time until they're broken, until they're different. In, uh, you've heard the story before, but when Linda and I got married, one of the bones of contention, which, which continues, is the length of time that a dish is supposed to sit in the, dryer, uh, in the rack before you dry it. Her family, three seconds? Or was it five? Yep. I maintain it doesn't really matter if you wash two tea towels at the end of the job, but... Uh, <laughs> You don't really notice them until they're broken, but they become part of us. And all of our families have them. We have these parrots and we have traditions. And they believed that the law 
delivered to Moses, this is kind of interesting, when you hear about the Torah, it's not just what we have written in our Bible. They believe that the law delivered to Moses included unwritten laws that tried to fill the gaps. And that the elders had tried to make the basic requirement attainable in everyday life, but like saying grace, and so the oral law included how to wash your hands, there's a way to do it, how to follow, where to put your napkin, when to say to prayers, and how to sweep up. Fair enough. A little bit, if we were Anglican and believed that the, the, um, the elements become the body of Jesus, then it really matters how you fold the communion cloth. Yeah, there's, yeah, variation. But, but they've actually got, you know, you have to learn, this is what you do with the cloth. This is how you clean up afterwards. Okay, I promised you that was the parrot. What about the cat? You'll probably have heard this story. This is the story of the abbot's cat. Speaking of which, Yoda hasn't graced us with his presence today. Every evening, when the abbot, the head of the monastery, sat down for morning worship, the monastery cat, being a nocturnal animal, would wake up and walk amongst the monks who were trying to meditate. Because cats are quite happy to ignore you most of the time. But when they want to befriend you, um, they pick the time that's most inconvenient for you. Yep. So let's just say it wasn't quite the relaxed prayer state that the, um, the abbot and monks were trying for when they went for prayer. A little bit like I uh, used to go to the movie, uh, live in Wellington, and there was a movie called The Penthouse, and they had a cinema cat. Um, and it's really nice if a cat sits on your lap through a movie. But when the cat walks along the back of the seats and brushes the back of everyone's head, and it's a tense movie, it's really funny. <laughs> So it was kind of distracting, and, and so the abbot decided, right, what we're going to do is we're going to put a, a, a leash on the cat, and we're going to tie the cat to the pole outside before we do our evening worship. And this became a habit, an ordinary routine. Time passed, the abbot got older and passed away and was replaced by another abbot. The disciples continued to tie the cat to the pole. Every evening, that was the routine, before evening worship. Over time, the habit became a religious ritual. It's what they do. And then the cat died. Crisis. No one could meditate. They had to go and get another cat. Because how is it possible to meditate without a cat being tied to a pole? It's a funny story, but it's kind of a bit like us. We do this. And there's a little bit of this in this washing of the hands thing, although there's an undercurrent of, listen, I'm just trying to be annoying for you. How do we tell the difference between this is a life-giving, life-protecting rule and this is the face of the dead, something that our elders thought were really important? Let's try and take an example. Um, Now, forgive me if this is upsetting for you. About 100 years ago, um, New Zealand had really big problems with alcohol. We still do now, but they're different. Um, they were big enough that there were um, riots, drunken riots. People had that, there weren't a lot of jobs, so um, people would go into town and they would uh, drink a lot, drink cheap liquor, and they would, they, you'd have riots. And so um, the Christian community responded to this, and they, uh, a whole bunch of people, took on a pledge of temperance. Anyone heard of this? It was that um, they would never let a drop of liquor pass their lips. And I reckon it was a really legitimate response to a problem of society at the time. It was really good. I'm a fan. Of course, 
in my time, I met people for whom this was the case. It's, it's, and I felt like, actually, it, it felt like, why are you doing this? Because we weren't dealing with that kind of writing now. Now, I'm not saying New Zealand doesn't have problems with alcohol. We do. We still have a culture of binge drinking. And that's not flash. And I do worry about how, it being, how it's being sold and how the industry is moving. I, I think, oh, this is not flash. But we're not back 100 years ago. So it was a really good response then. How is it now? Well, not a lot of people are signing that Pledge of Temperance. Because maybe it was good then, not so good now. It's hard to tell. Rules are like the shell of a crab as a crab grows. It actually has to lose the old shell. Or the bark of a tree that protects the life within, but isn't actually no life in itself. So do you have to wash your hands? It's a little bit like you walk into church and someone says, oh, well, I've seen it happen. You can't come in here until you've had a haircut. Take that cap off. You're not allowed to wear a cap in church. You are. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> really not trying to. But, but I've seen these. Have you guys seen this stuff? And you have to go, is this, how important is this rule? Okay. Now, Jesus responds to this critique. Your disciples should be washing your hands and says, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. Is Jesus a bit narked here? Looks that way. Just called them hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, but their teachers are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and holding on to human traditions. Oh, that is not light what you're saying, Jesus. He's saying, hang on, you're honoring me with my lips, but you got the heart all wrong. And he goes on and has a real attack. This is like a, a Kim Hill interview. Jesus is being Kim Hill. And she is savaging the opponent a bit. He replies, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God and in order to observe your own traditions. And then he gives an example. Moses said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, if anyone declares what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, as in I've given this to God, then you no longer have to do anything for their father or mother. Now, just to explain, what that meant is if I decided I was, well, I'm a minister, so I could say, right, everything I'm doing is for God, so therefore I don't have to do anything to support my dad. How does that sound? Yeah, pretty sucky. I'm, I'm just using it as a way to get out. And so Jesus says, thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition. He says, your rules are just not getting there. This is not how it works. Especially as, if you were reading the earlier part of Mark, you'd see what, Mark, what Jesus has just done. The people have placed sick in front of them, and everyone's getting healed. And these Pharisees, their response to this is, your disciples aren't washing your hands. Now, we do find ourselves in this position. In fact, the delegation from Jerusalem is really saying, wash your hands. The parrot is speaking. Now, I want to try and draw a distinction here to stick in your head. So at this point, I would like um, some assistance to come and assist me. To a large extent, I'm suggesting that some of our rules are helpful, but some are pretty much like silly string. Yes, this is your cue. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Have all the relevance... <laughs> Excellent, thank you. <laughs> it, it, it. <laughs> now, 
Apart from smelling funny, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all that's going to do is stop me from moving. Yep, thank you, that was brilliant. Excellent. And, and um, wash your hands. All that's, and make a mess. That's what those... Uh, a lot of our rules are like this, only it's really hard to tell which ones are. <laughs> that was kind of fun. <laughs> More fun for you than me, I couldn't see it. Okay. And then Jesus calls the crowd around him. So having sprayed this silly string, you need to, you need to, you need to, you need to. Jesus calls the crowd around him. He's just been talking to the Pharisees and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Whoops, oh, I understand this, I got this wrong. And then he left the crowd, entered his house, and the disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing, enters a person, nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? It, for it doesn't go in, into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. And Mark, because he knows that later on there's going to be a bit of argy-bargy about food, says, in saying this, Jesus declares all food clean. And he goes on to say, what comes out of a person is what defiles them, for it is from within out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. And then he lists some. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. So rules aren't bad, but silly string's not going to deal with it, is it? Actually, and that washing your hands isn't going to deal with it either, is it? Somehow or another, it's what comes up from inside. Which I think ends up being an issue of our heart. I, why I'm talking about this, apart from uh, um, uh, the fun of silly string, no, is that, that at the beginning of the year I kind of said, and I still believe that we've got an opportunity this year to think about how we are church and maybe change things. And I, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know exactly the best way for us to be followers of Jesus together. But my suspicion is it's not all about adding a whole bunch of new rules. In fact, I'm pretty certain it isn't. We're trying to add the minimum. We probably will um, start uh, a little roster to say, hey, could you be on one week a month to help us sort out chairs? You know, first week, second week, third week, because we're going to have to do something more organized about chairs. We're trying to keep the rules low, but we're wanting to try and stand a different way that's paying attention to what comes up from within. Now, in this case, Jesus highlights the bad stuff. It's, Jesus' point is it isn't about what you go, do or touch or eat, but actually allowing things to come up inside, which is how Jesus manages to hang with sex workers and not tell them what to do, or corrupt government officials. Or all the people who would spin, um, make it uncomfortable. The, for us, it might be the person who cannot help but smoke or vape while you're talking to them. So you either walk away with your clothes smelling of tobacco, or that really sweet smell, you know, whatever their flavour of the month is, bubble gum. You, the holiness that Jesus talks about has got something to do with what comes up from inside. But not just the holiness, because Jesus said there's other stuff that comes up from inside. And I think that's tough for us. Well, it's tough for me, because I have to acknowledge, sometimes, well, I had a contact from someone about this building thing, and I was quite narked. And actually, I have to pay attention. Oh, I'm quite narked about this. I need to, narked meaning kind of, 
angry. Um, I, have to, I have to hold that. I have to not let that get control. I have to process that. And I think it's part of what we're called to. In this sense, I think we are more like springs or mud pools. We have things that are bubbling up from inside. And it's part of why I think as a church we've talked about a need to have a slightly, to have deeper relationships with one another. That means you have to be in a position you can say that. Actually, I'm positive about life, but I had a really tough week, and this is what happened. To have those conversations where that is going on. And, and to recognize that while that's going on, I've got a parrot on my shoulder going, ah, don't fuss. <laughs> or whatever it is your parrot do. And I've got this cat that I keep trying up, crying up because I think that's the way that I worship God. And then I have been liberally blessed with silly spring, string. People who, with a good intent, have wanted to say, this is where you should be. But actually, we're trying to follow Jesus together. So that means putting some of those things aside and saying, actually, how do we do that together? My apologies if this has been a little incoherent. My guess is that we are called to teach our parrots new language, be willing to untie the cat, clean off the silly string, and seek justice and mercy. And in that process, sometimes we will be surprised by where we find the love of God welling up from our heart. And sometimes when the mercy we are seeking is for us, because we're selfish and we want it our way. Thus ends the slightly incoherent message. Anybody want to ask a question, make a comment? Janet did that a few weeks ago and I thought that was outstanding. Question or comment? Yes? I really, I, I closed my eyes because I had the glasses, because I was worried about getting in my eyes, but I had the glasses on and I really missed that. I would have liked it. We should do it again. <laughs> oh, yes. That, yeah, no, that's a really good picture of life. Any other questions or comments? It is a tricky animal judging when to be tell things straight. And uh, there's a poet who talks about telling things slant, where you, you don't deal with things directly. And it's difficult to know which one to hit, isn't it? Sometimes someone's hurting so much that this is not the time. Yep, uh, but I recognize that. And, and maybe that's a time when we ask each other, hey, is it all right if we go here? And you might see them go, no, no, look, I'm just trying to hold it together. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to pray, and then we're going to sing two here. Um, there is but one love, and uh, that'll bring our service to the end. If that, if you, so what I'd like to have on your shoulder is to go, yes, I think we all have parrots on our shoulders that are saying, ah, wash your hands, and sometimes, yes, please do wash your hands. <laughs> Voice from your... Uh, um, but they say other things, and we don't have to do what they say. We have to decide how important that is. I think all of us have ideas. This is how you get to God. 
And maybe we should try and hold them a bit loosely. We don't have to go and buy another cat. God is with us every moment of every day. I suspect all it takes for us to know that is to stop, just pause and say, are you here, God? I think we would recognize we live in a world that is really keen to spray silly string and tell you how you should eat, act, dress, everything. And actually most of it is no, has the same substance of that. But lastly, Jesus' relationship with you is first and foremost about the heart. Loving you deeply and wanting to call your heart, my heart, to be in sync with him. And as we do that, and we want to be a community that can do that, we have to allow for where actually our heart isn't. I'll pray and then we're going to sing to here. So if I could have the team come up. And may God give us wisdom to teach our parrots new language, to untie our cats, to listen to our hearts, both good and bad, and to live the life Jesus has given us here at this moment and the next and this time tomorrow, loving justice seeking mercy and by our presence making the clean uh, the unclean clean until the great i am surprises us and brings us home